Welcome to the Cap City Church podcast. This is a recording of our Sunday message. We pray that you're encouraged and challenged as you listen to it. Enjoy. So we're looking at cultivating gratitude. This is something that we all understand. This idea of gratitude. So it says, everyone loves a, a dictionary definition. Gratitude is the quality of being thankful, the readiness to show appreciation for, and to return kindness. From a young age, we're taught to say please and thank you. Like I remember my parents telling me that I needed to say please and thank you. But the thing is also from a young age, we find what's wrong with things. There's a whole series of quotes online and memes of parents of toddlers who complain about unchangeable things. Have you seen this? So here are a few of them. Uh, one kid demanded to know what, how to say hola in Spanish and would not accept that hola was already hello in Spanish and cried for four hours. Um, another parent said, my three-year-old had a meltdown because he wasn't in our five-year-old wedding photos. He said we didn't love him and that's why we didn't even invite him to our wedding. Um, my nephew had a breakdown and cried when his boot wouldn't fit on his head like a hat. And my kids used to complain and cry when I couldn't change the weather. And then this one, which I find quite funny, my daughter once said, I don't like it when you talk. If you're a parent, I think all the parents in the room are like, yeah. My kids have said that to me. What is it about the human condition that wants to be ungrateful? This story is actually as old as time. If we go back to Genesis 1, what was the fall ultimately about? Adam and Eve had everything they could have wanted. They had God right there walking with them. He could talk with them. They had the freedom to be able to express themselves. They had the beauty and the freedom of the whole garden, except for one tree. Instead of being grateful for what God had given them, they wanted more. Ultimately, what Adam and Eve thought was that what God offered was insufficient. They were ungrateful. I think of most of our theology may be that we are grateful people. We understand gratefulness. But church, what is our practical theology? What is it in practice that we're actually like? Are we grateful? In Luke 17, um, I'm going to be dipping in and out of the Bible, just so you know there's no one place to thumb in. But in Luke 17, 11 to 17, it says this. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. I find it quite interesting that we hear that he's a Samaritan, that, that Jesus thought it was important to recognize him as such, as a foreigner. It's like the others who were likely Jewish because he's, he's, his whole kind of uh, remit was to, was to come for the Jews so that the rest of them were likely Jewish. They had heard about Jesus and whether or not he was a prophet or whether or not he was the Messiah, they knew who he was. But this man who was a Samaritan may have heard about him but certainly didn't know who it was and he's the one that came back. 
Why is it that the, the nine others who would have known who Jesus was did not come back? Like Adam and Eve, trouble comes when we're ungrateful. We are disposed to desire something we want but don't have or can't have. A desire for something that God has not provided or even forbidden us. Why is it that we have this? Why do we have these desires? We don't like it when we feel as though something is being held back from us because we think we deserve it. There is a selfishness within us that's born out of ungratefulness. This feeds our earthly nature. James wrote some really scolding words to the early church, and he said this in James 4. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war and take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. These are sobering words. And they're shared mainly because people were ungrateful. In the story we read about the leper who came back, it says, in giving thanks, his faith was revealed and his healing came. Our salvation should be marked by gratitude. So how do we cultivate gratitude? So I read this quote. It says this, Cultivating gratitude is not easy. We all need help. And thank God help is available. But there is no thankfulness hack. No four easy steps to a grateful heart. It is, a hard, it is as hard a habit building as you will find. As we begin to train our eyes to look for God's grace in all circumstances, in this looking must become habitual and habits are built by doing them every day we get incrementally better at them as days gradually accumulate to months and months to years they become more and more a part of us over time and so I thought he's right in saying that there are no four easy steps to building a grateful heart but I thought I would share three quick things that gratitude gives us to help us build a habit of gratefulness. Because I think sometimes we say, do this and do this and do this, but we don't know why we do it. I think we're ungrateful because we don't know why. I think we're ungrateful because we forget how good God is. And so what I wanted to do is just share three quick things that we get from being grateful, that God gives us as we are a grateful people. So the first thing that we get is fullness of the Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18, 20 says, Do not be drunk on wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs amongst yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know that being filled with the Spirit is many things, and we've done a whole series on it. We've got it on podcast. You can go back and listen. But being filled by the Spirit is marked by one thing. It's marked by gratefulness. It is, in the, it is the Spirit within us that longs for its Savior. 
So if you feel yourself being grateful, I would encourage you to use the spirit within you to point to Jesus. Let your spirit rise in song or scripture or liturgy to see what he has done for you rather than looking at what you don't or can't have. Our spirit rises when we're thankful. Being thankful fills your spirit with the good things. The next thing that gratitude gives us is peace. In Colossians 3, it says this, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. They're not the same scripture as before. It's just that Paul is repeating the same message. Be grateful. Now, if you look at this passage, peace doesn't come from the absence of conflict. It also doesn't come from the surety of our rightness. It comes from being grateful. I think sometimes we want to find peace in a place that, uh, that has peace around it. Peace is not found in a situation or circumstance. Peace is found in God. And so God has to become bigger regardless of our circumstance. And in doing that, the best way to do that is be thankful to God. All of a sudden, your posture moves from looking at your circumstance to looking at God. It says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. This is in 1 Thessalonians. Be thankful in all circumstances. Where there is unrest in your life, the first thing we should do is not seek a solution, but look to be grateful for what God has done in our lives. Now, I know, I get that this is totally easier said than done. I get that sometimes this is like Christian rhetoric. We say these things and we expect everybody to do them. I know when circumstances are tough that saying this can sometimes feel like a bit of a hammer to the heart. It seems crazy that we should focus on gratitude when everything around us is in chaos. It does seem crazy, but the reason for this is because taking our eyes of what we don't or can't have and fixing our eyes on what we do have brings peace in all circumstances. My life has been chaos. But in Lamentations, it says this. It's quite a long scripture, but I love it. It says, I'll never forget the trouble the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swollen, I've swollen, I've swallowed, I'll remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one thing I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love could not have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They are created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I am sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It is a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope for help from God. It is a good thing when you are young to stick it out through the hard times. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself, enter the silence, bow in prayer, don't ask questions, wait for hope to appear, don't run from trouble, take it full in the face, for the worst is never the worst. 
I'm pretty sure I've read this passage recently in church, but I love it because it doesn't try and wipe away the suffering. It's honest about it. I'll never forget the trouble. It says it in the scripture, I will remember it forever. The utter lostness. It acknowledges that life is painful and the writer isn't forgetting it. But what the writer is doing is changing their posture to have the focus on something better and something greater. They are choosing gratefulness even in utter lostness. It brings them peace. And finally, cultivating gratitude is to find freedom. Ephesians 5, 1 says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. When Paul describes what our freedom from sin looks like, he doesn't point to the absence of temptation. He doesn't say, get yourself in a place where nothing can tempt you. He points to thankfulness. He points to gratitude. When things in our lives feel like urgent priorities, we might not think that that giving thanks ranks high enough. The temptations in our lives, the chaos, the troubles, uh, the problems that we have, the things that we do need to focus on, but the problem is, is we stick them on a higher level than our gratefulness to God. We might be tempted to think that thankfulness is just a luxury option. It's an extra. If God is good to us, then we'll be thankful. Or that we can choose to add it if the time feels right or the circumstance calls for it. But that's a huge mistake. Thankfulness is not a luxury option. It is and should be part of our very core. It was, it was as the leper gave thanks that his faith rose within him. You know, lots of us have got unanswered prayers or we feel as though there are things that aren't happening in our lives. And, but is it possible... And I'm asking this question myself because there are lots of things that I feel as though should or shouldn't have happened in my life. But is it possible that God's answers to all of our prayer for guidance and provision might actually be give thanks in all circumstances? That may not be our greatest felt need at the time. It may not be what we, what we want to grasp and what we want to hold on to but it is likely our greatest need. As we give thanks, we can learn to give up our need to control, give up our frustrations that things aren't working. We can give up our thoughts and our feelings about what the world should be like if we're giving thanks to God and trusting him in it. 
Do you know, I think it's an easy statement to say, but it's, it's struck me profoundly this week. Do you know that God knows what he's doing? It's a simple phrase, but it's that idea of like, between knowing it theologically in my brain that thankfulness is good and living it out as a, as a practical outworking of my theology, this, God knows what he's doing. Why do we question it? Because we don't spend enough time with him to know that he knows what he's doing. We spend too much time focusing on our circumstances or our situations or our troubles that we forget to focus on the one who has the answers to all of it. Gratitude is not merely a nice Christian character trait. It is actually a sin-conquering force. All we have to do is cultivate it daily. Probably the most profound story of someone being grateful in all circumstances is Jesus. It says this, when the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. And Jesus said, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks for it to God. Then he said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God is here. And he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus was about to walk the most painful, physical, emotional, spiritual journey that he has ever done. And the thing, the one thing that he does before it with the people around him, gives thanks. And I think that in giving thanks, it filled his spirit so that when he was in the garden and he said, God, take this cup from me, but if it be your will. That just doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes from knowing who he is thankful for. And so, guys, we're going to take communion this morning. Because if Christ thought it good enough to give thanks at the moment that he knew he was going to experience the greatest suffering. We have opportunity to do the same. To give thanks in all circumstance is one of those things that sounds simple and it's not easy. This has become my mantra. God, that sounds simple, but it's not easy. Give thanks in all circumstances. Simple, not easy. Pray continually. Simple, not easy. So how do we build these habits into our lives? How do we build thankfulness? It's remembering that as we do, we get freedom, we get peace, and we get filled with the Spirit. These are the things that we should be longing for. So as Christians, we follow what it is that Christ has asked us to do, and and so we take communion, we take bread and we take wine and we remember what Christ has done for us. And 
you might be a Christian in this room, you might not, but we want you to feel welcome because Jesus welcomes you. It's an important thing for us. We really feel that, that it is about um, the, the, uh, being a Christian and being part of his family and he's sharing his body and his blood with us. And so if you're not sure, you, you don't have to participate, that's fine. But if you're not sure, I'd encourage you to just start asking, start praying and start talking to, to Jesus. Start asking him questions. And he might not answer straight away. He does that a lot. Ask a Christian in the room. And if you've got questions, we'd love to chat with you. We, we've got coffee and donuts. We've got this big thing about doing coffee and donuts. We'd love to talk to you about Jesus. But church, we're, we're going to take communion. And we're going to be thankful. Because who are we to complain about anything when Jesus Christ came from heaven knowing that we could never, ever have a relationship with God without that sacrifice? And so he gave everything up. He gave it all up. He gave all of his power up, all of his glory. It's a bit more theologically difficult than that because we know he was still God, but, but he became man. He became a baby and came to earth knowing that this was the only way. And so how can we be anything but thankful for our salvation? So I'm just going to read this scripture again as, as Nishant's just preparing this. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. And Jesus said, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he said to his disciples, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. And then he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. So do this in remembrance of me. So Lord, just as we settle our hearts before you, just as we take a moment, Lord, would you, in this moment, would we make a commitment to being grateful? Would we make a commitment to stepping more into being a grateful people so that we could have peace, so that we could have freedom, Lord, so that we could, could know more of your spirit within us. And Lord, so I ask as we take this, Lord, I pray that you, you start that journey for us of, of being thankful. You start that journey of gratitude for all that you have done. Lord, I pray that, that you would reposition us. Lord, we know our situations and circumstances can be hell at times. We know that. We don't disqualify that. We don't say it's not there, Lord. But we position ourselves to look to you to be grateful for all that you've done. And so, Lord, we, we ask 
Lord, that you help us and continue to remind us you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. May our posture be that of, of thankfulness. May we pray in all circumstances. May we be grateful in all circumstances. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about us, visit our website, capcitycardiff.org.uk.